0: The third indispensable element in building the new prosperity is closely related to creating new jobs and halting inflation. We must protect the position of the American dollar as a pillar of monetary stability around the world. In the past seven years, there's been an average of one international monetary crisis every year. Now, who gains from these crises? Not the working man, not the investor, not the real producers of wealth, the gainers, are the international money speculators because they thrive on crises they help to create them in recent weeks the speculators have been waging an all-out war on the american dollar the strength of a nation's currency is based on the strength of that nation's economy and the american economy is by far the strongest in the world accordingly i have directed the secretary of the treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets, except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. A lot of people are critical of Nixon for for drawing us off the gold standard. What are your thoughts on the state of our currency and and Nixon's involvement? Was it really his fault that we came off the gold standard or was he doing a necessary thing because we overspent in prior administrations? What are your thoughts on Nixon's role? Uh,
1: I think that
2: uh, taking us off the gold standard, closing the gold window is probably his single greatest mistake. You can blame former Texas governor and secretary of the Treasury, John Connolly, for that. Connolly is the one who convinced Trump. Uh, pardon me, uh, convinced Nixon to do it. It was designed to deal with inflation. It was a horrific mistake. Nixon's presidency is certainly not without
3: its blemishes. People who want to work but can't find jobs are part of today's other bad economic news. The unemployment rate soared to 8.2% nationwide last month and it rose to an even higher figure here in California. In recent years, Congress has passed a number of landmark statutes to improve social and environmental conditions. A statewide jobless rate of 9.3% has jammed local unemployment offices. In terms of people, some 920,000 Californians are now out of work. We must and we will continue progress toward protecting the health and safety of the American people. Locally, the unemployment rate has risen to 8.9% in the Los Angeles-Long Beach area. And in the lines today, few people were expressing any optimism we must also realize that everything has a price and that consumers eventually pick up the tab. Automotive assembler and I've worked for General Motors for five years and I've been unemployed since the 8th of November. Where regulations are essential, they must be efficient. Where they fight inflation, they should be encouraged.
4: I'm a waitress. How long I've been out of work? Since June the 20th of 73.
3: These are leaders of the nationwide youth
0: organization that calls itself SDS, Students for a Democratic Society. It has more than 300 chapters on the college campuses of America. It's national and local leaders in convention here at the Chicago Coliseum, June 1969, take the major credit for the rioting, mob actions, takeovers and burnings on college and university campuses throughout the nation. Did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism and whether greed's a good idea
3: to run on? Well, first of all, tell me, is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China
1: doesn't run on
5: greed?
3: We're going to be on the streets and in every institution in this country from now on. We're going to replace capitalism with socialism. What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the
6: other fellow who's greedy.
0: <laughs> In recognizing a communist, physical appearance counts for nothing. If he openly declares himself to be a communist, we take his word for it.
3: This, the world runs on individuals pursuing their self-interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from
0: a month from a a bureaucrat. If a person consistently reads and advocates the views expressed in a communist publication, he may be a communist.
3: Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where where they have had capitalism and largely free trade. If you want to know where the masses are worse off, it's exactly from the kinds of societies that depart from that.
0: If a person supports organizations which reflect communist teachings or organizations labeled communist by the Department of Justice, she may be a communist.
3: So that the record of history is absolutely crystal clear that there is no alternative way so far discovered of improving the lot of the ordinary people that can hold a candle to the productive activities that are unleashed by free enterprise system. But it
1: seems to reward, not virtue, as much as ability to manipulate the system.
3: And what does reward virtue? You think the uh, communist commissar rewards virtue? You think a Hitler rewards virtue? You think, excuse me, if you'll pardon me, do you think American presidents reward virtue?
0: If a person defends the activities of communist nations while consistently attacking the domestic and foreign policy of the United States, she may be a communist.
3: Do they choose their appointees on the basis of the virtue of the people appointed or on the basis of their political clout? Is it really true that political self-interest is nobler somehow than economic self-interest? You know, I think you're taking a lot of things for granted just tell me where in the world you find these angels who are going to organize society for us
0: but i want to say one thing to the american people i want you to listen to me i'm going to say this again i did not have sexual relations with that woman miss Lewinsky. i never told anybody to lie not a single time never these allegations are false and i need to go back to work for the American people.
3: My fellow citizens, at this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people, and to defend the world from grave danger. 1.7% Point seven percent here, a loss of 37 points or so. Apple shares are just getting hammered this morning. We're down by between 3 and 4.5% generally across these markets. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. We're red everywhere, essentially. Down by 4 or 5%.
4: We're down over 16%. Dow at the same time has fallen about 18%. The stock market is now down 21%. We're Because
7: now down 43%.
3: What in the world is happening on Wall Street? Two-year no yields
1: went from 190 to 166 in the blink of an eye. Op- the
3: Nasdaq, everything and more has been completely wiped out. It was the worst day on Wall Street since the
5: crash of 1987. Stop. What? You have any idea what you just did?
7: Come on, we just made the deal of our lifetimes. We should celebrate. You
3: just bet against the American economy.
7: Fuck yeah, we did. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Which
3: means. Oh! Which means, <laughs> we if we're right. If we're right, people lose homes. People lose jobs. People lose retirement savings. People lose pensions. You know what I hate about fucking banking? It reduces
0: people to numbers. Here's a number. Every 1% unemployment goes up, 40,000 people die. Did you know that? No. Did you know that?
7: No, I didn't
0: know that. We're just excited.
5: Just don't fucking dig it.
6: You've been successful you don't you didn't get there on your own you, you didn't get there on your own I, i'm always struck by people who think well it must be because i was just so smart there are a lot of smart people out there it must be because i worked harder than everybody else let me tell you something there are a whole bunch of hard-working people out there if you were successful somebody along the line gave you some help. There was a great teacher somewhere in your life. Somebody helped to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. The internet didn't get invented on its own.
5: Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our brothers, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kyiv, and and I was supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. Right. Like if we look at what's
0: apparently coming out from the from the great Jack Maxey and his leaks about the Hunter Biden laptop, and Joe Biden was Vice President of the United States of America. There were DOD contracts and in, in, in the numbers of tens of millions of dollars going to Metabiota. Mm. One of the largest shareholders of Metabiota MetaBiota, was Zolchevsky, who was the chairman of the board of Barisma, which was paying Hunter, who shared a bank account with Biden. So, right. of course, the Democrats want more tax money because then they can just give out more DOD contracts and get the kickback, right? I mean, why does Joe Biden have six houses or however many houses he has if he's been making $175,000 a year as a senator?
7: In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president of course
5: yeah no uh,
7: what role do you think that played
5: I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States
7: if your last name wasn't Biden do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma
5: I don't know I don't know probably not I I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden do
7: you regret being on the board to begin with
5: No, I don't regret being on the board. What I regret is not taking into account that there would be a Rudy Giuliani um, and a a president of the United States that would be listening to this, this ridiculous conspiracy idea. I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board, and that was it. And there's nobody... Well, nobody you've had said, a lot of
1: time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of?
5: No, because I trust myself. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Um, That's not going to happen.
6: Donald Trump will not become president.
5: He's not going to be president. He is not. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank, okay. I guarantee it. All right, all right.
1: I think if he becomes the
3: president he'll make, make it great, because the states is already.
6: Great. I think that man will be president of the United States right about the time that spaceships come down filled with dinosaurs and red
7: cakes. I <laughs> that like <though>, Tom, <laughs> Take it, Thank it from you How, about How about that? And then, of course, there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising, since I just assumed he was running as a Joe. <laughs>
5: Donald Trump. Just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do do it. Look look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run.
3: So When you stand and deliver that State of the Union address in no part of your mind or brain can you imagine Donald Trump?
6: Standing up one day and delivering a State of the Union address? Well, I can imagine it uh, in a Saturday night skit. I continue to believe Mr. Trump, Trump will not be president. He will never
7: be president of the
6: United States.
7: And uh, we better be ready for the fact that he might be leading the Republican ticket next. <laughs> <laughs> I
6: know
2: you don't believe that, but I want to go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry
2: to laugh. Next
5: Okay, here we are. And which Republican candidate <clears throat> has the best chance of winning the general election?
3: Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump.
0: And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political
1: honesty, I just want to say you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you.
3: But,
1: but, but come on, come on, buddy. All let's say cow poo poo aside, there is zero chance we'll be seeing you being sworn in on the Capitol steps with your hand on a giant golden Bible.
7: I'll make a prediction though for you. and I, I don't really get into predictions much,
0: but this one I'll go way out on a limb. Donald Trump will never, ever be president okay. of the United I've States. That gotta- Trump should not be in this
3: race. He's an absurdity. He is a travesty.
5: Donald Trump will never be elected president of the United States. Donald Trump is a here today gone tomorrow candidate for president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Uh, ever respectful of the fact that the people
4: have not voted, he's not going to be president of the United States.
2: Let's be clear, Donald Trump will lose the election.
1: He had a really good chance to be different and really have a chance to change things, but he, he doesn't do the work. He's lazy. We talk about him every day, and we all continuously He's bash him. He's not going to be the president. He... Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. And we're coming to a point where if you're Hillary Clinton, you're honestly probably starting to think about not just whether you will win, but how big your win will be. And then you say that Donald Trump has the best day in the entire world completely outperforms expectations, and he wins all of the toss-up states. He wins all five of those states, plus that Electoral College vote in Maine that he's after. If he wins all of the toss-ups, which would be insane because nobody wins all of the toss-up states, even if Donald Trump did win all of the toss-up states,
6: he would still lose.
7: It's a wake-up call to the Republican Party. Uh, despite Boris thinking that Donald Trump could win New York, like this, the, the presidential race is over. Just, just, could I just
2: cut through? I have one thing to say, one thing only. And that is that this race is over. Tomorrow morning, the money will dry up. The Republicans will start to hide. Trump has no place to go. This race, effectively, as of tonight, is no longer a presidential race. I will get, I mean, everything I know about presidential politics, and I've been through five of them. I've never seen one like this. This race is over. You might as well accept it. And the question now is, how do you minimize damage? And the only way you can do that, it seems to me, is to try to grab hold of some old conservative value things and do what Mondale did in 84, which was try to save a few people down ballot. But as far as Donald Trump's concerned, it will never, ever, ever happen.
6: President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point. At real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president.
4: You know, to just be
6: grossly journalistic, you could put really? half of Trump's supporters into what I call the basket
4: of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Right?
5: The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name
0: it. What is the dumbest thing an American has ever said to you?
4: As an American, it is my God-given right to respond to this.
0: you are so goddamn stupid. Being an American, I know how stupid Americans can be. When I was younger, I lived in Korea. And when I got back stateside, this one guy asked me, in a very thick country accent, Did you live in North Korea or South Korea? So I live in Hawaii
7: and people vacation here every single day. And I've met some of the stupidest, richest Americans in the world. And this is for anyone who may be taken aback by my comment. I want to be very clear here. I don't really care if you are. I hope you are. For years now, it has been, you know, two and a half years since he officially entered the political arena. For years, I and others have been trying to tell you, the American people, that this man was exhibiting bigoted behavior. I asked him about it a number of times, and he denied it, but kept up the racist rhetoric and behavior throughout the campaign, and now, while he's in the White House. His supporters made excuses, continue to make excuses for him. Some of them people I personally know. Some of them are his friends, as a matter of fact, and I can hear them now telling me oh Don, Donald didn't mean that, Donald isn't a racist, or just people who don't know him, I don't think, I think he was taken out of context, I'm not sure. How many examples do you need of this? But he is a racist. And for all of you who over the last few years have uttered that tired, lazy, uninformed, uneducated, ignorant response of calling me and others who point out racist behavior racist, you know what you can go do? That major Facebook crackdown this morning. They have now kicked several high-profile people off their site, banning them, calling them, quote, a dangerous individual, saying that they violated the ban on hate and on bigotry.
3: They know that although I made some outrageous statements, I've never actually done anything wrong. They held this story back. They held the footage back. Footage has been out there in the wild for over a year because they don't care about victims. They don't care about children. They only care about bringing me down.
2: Longtime Trump ally, former aide to President Nixon, and veteran political lobbyist Roger Stone was banned from Twitter this evening after he branded a number of CNN anchors fake news. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the ban is permanent.
3: Uh, I was banned. They, they, I threatened to sue them, and I was told it was for condoning violence. Uh, I, I put out a video of my last 20 tweets. There's no violence in there. In fact. The only thing that's political really is me disavowing um, unite the right, saying I don't want anything to do with that, obviously, and also saying Howard Stern is a hypocrite for throwing Alex Jones under the bus.
1: Tonight, a deafening silence from the president's Twitter account in his waning days as commander in chief. Twitter run by CEO Jack Dorsey saying after close review of the president's recent tweets, it banned him due to the risk of further incitement of violence.
3: You don't believe Twitter has any ability to influence elections? No, we are one part of a spectrum of communication channels that people have. So you're testified to this committee right now that, that that Twitter, when it silences people, when it censors people, when it blocks political speech, that has no impact on elections?
4: Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our, our
7: Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern
4: Iowa communities.
3: Mid-Michigan communities.
4: We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces but we are concerned about, about
6: trouble and
1: trying to responsible one-sided, one-sided news stories
4: plaguing our country. country plaguing
0: our country the sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media more alarming some media outlets publish the same fake stories Without checking facts first,
4: the sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too, too common, common on, on, social on social media.
0: More alarmingly, some media outlets are always that are the the true without checking facts, facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media
4: use their platforms
6: to push their own personal bias and
1: agenda to control
0: exactly what And this is extremely dangerous to our
3: democracy. This is
4: extremely dangerous to our democracy. this is extremely dangerous to our democracy
7: this is extremely dangerous to our democracy this is extremely dangerous to our democracy for the first
5: time in our history the president had not just lost an election he tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power as a violent mob breached the Capitol. but they failed they failed and on this day of remembrance we must make sure that such attack Never, never happens again. A mob breaking windows, kicking in doors, breaching the Capitol, American flags on poles being used as weapons, as spears, fire stingers being thrown at the heads of police officers. A crowd that professes their love for law enforcement assaulted those police officers. We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television and doing nothing. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election.
4: The January 6th defendants are being treated differently on a whole nother level. They have been beaten by the guards. They are called white supremacists. They are denied religious services, haircuts, shaving, the ability to trim their fingernails. There's more outrageous things happening there. They're denied time with their attorneys. They are denied the ability to even see their families and have their families visit there. They're denied bail and being held there without bail. Many of these people have never been charged for a crime before. Some of them are veterans and the treatment is unbelievable.
1: You're right, there are tens of millions of Americans who aren't on the hard left or the hard right who feel the world has gone mad. So in what ways has the world gone mad? Well, you know,
4: when you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad. When you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad, and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad. When we're not able to say that Hunter Biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing, the world has gone mad. When, in the name of progress, young school children, as young as kindergarten, are being separated in public schools because of their race. And that is called progress rather than segregation. The world has gone mad. There hmm. are dozens of examples that I could share with, with you and with and your you viewers And you often say, you say aloud, Everyone allowed. sort of knows this and-
1: You say we're not allowed, it's we're not able. Who's the people stopping the conversation? Who are they? Um, People
4: that work at networks, <laughs> frankly, like the one I'm speaking on right now, who try and claim that you know, it was it was racist to investigate the lab leak theory. It was, L- I mean, Luce let's said just that take an example. But
1: I'm just saying, that when you say allowed, I just think it's a provocative thing you say. you say. You say, we're not allowed to talk about these things, but they're all over the internet. Well, what, I can Google them. Brian, I can find them everywhere. I've heard about every story you oh, mentioned. Of course. So I'm just suggesting, of course, people are allowed to cover whatever they want to cover.
4: But you and I both know, and it would be delusional to claim otherwise, that touching your finger to an increasing number of subjects that have been deemed third rail by the Mm. mainstream institutions and increasingly by some of the tech companies will lead to reputational damage, perhaps you losing your job, um, your children sometimes being demonized as well. And so what happens is a kind of internal self-censorship. This Mm. is something that I saw over and over again when I was at the New York Times. People saying to themselves, you know what, why should I die on that hill? Why should I take the three or four weeks that it takes to smuggle through an op-ed that doesn't suit the conventional narrative? I might as Uh. well commission the 5,000th op-ed saying that Donald Trump is a moral monster. What's going on is the transformation of these sense-making institutions of American life. It's the news media, it's the publishing house, it's the Hollywood studios, it's our universities, and they are narrowing in a radical way what's acceptable to say and what isn't. And you and I both know there doesn't need to be an edict from the C suite in order for people to feel that all they need is to watch an example let me give you one example dorian abbott is a geophysicist at the university of chicago he is absolutely brilliant and he was slated to give the carlson lecture at mit it's an incredibly prestigious public lecture but he was canceled from that lecture because of a twitter mob and what was his sin well he argued that people should be hired on the basis of their merit and their individual you know uh, and their individuality not based on their identity as a group. That was his thought crime. And for that, MIT, one of the most important research universities in the world, caved in a matter of eight days. Now you can say to me, oh, that's cherry picking, oh, that's a one-off. What are the downstream effects of an example like that? Every other scientist, every other academic who's watching that is saying, wait, hold on. If he's being canceled for that, what does that mean for me? I might as well shut up. I might as well practice doublethink in the freest society in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. That is one of the great stories of our time, and that is the story that's been uncovered largely, not because of disinformation or not because they're lying about it, simply because they're ignoring it. It's disinformation by omission. Do so people what's know not to touch the, the stove?
1: You're saying people are learning not to of touch course. the stove and thus the narrowing of the worldview is happening. So look, this is why I'm a subscriber to Common Sense. I think that these subjects are really, really important and we need to talk about them openly on TV and address what's happened. The, the idea that cancel culture is, you know, is happening but is minor has been a narrative out there in recent weeks. I'm sure you've read some of these stories saying, yeah, okay, yes, there are a few examples of people being so-called canceled, but it is not a emergency, not a massive situation. You are making the argument that because of self-censorship, cancel culture is pervasive. Is that a fair assessment?
4: Yeah, I would say it's, it's extraordinarily pervasive and what i'm saying and what i find so interesting is that you don't need a strong man and you don't need an edict from the top in order for this to be felt in a very 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 pervasive way Mm. all you need is a few of these very potent examples and then what you need is cowardice at the top of a lot of these organizations you need people who are unwilling to say no to the small minority of ideological zealots who believe in this, who want to negotiate with it for whatever reason. And as we have learned from the Trump administration, institutions are just people. Institutions are just people. And so if an institution whose job it is to uphold, let's say, liberalism, broadly defined, decides not to do that anymore, why should it be a surprise then that that institution becomes illiberal? We've just watched what happens in that sense. yeah, I mean, that, that's
1: what I would say about that. Uh, your point about the leadership is really vital here. When there is a, a crowd on Twitter or some other social media site complaining, you know, saying, you've offended me, you've hurt me, you've been racist, you've been sexist, you've been whatever it is. And then that Twitter mob can sound really loud and really powerful. It's actually still a small number of people. Yes. But we do see companies sometimes yes. cave to what sounds like a huge crowd that's actually pretty small. And that is a story that's happened over and over again, and it sounds like you're trying to push back against that. I'm definitely trying
4: to push back against that. One of my ways of pushing back against that is simply starting another party. I right. mean, meaning you can stay in the room and try and, you know, scream as loud as you as as you, as is possible every single time it happens, or you could say, you know what? I'm going to be my own boss. I'm not going to worry about, you know, angering a tiny group of people on Twitter and then being subject to you know, a masthead or a boss that doesn't have the spine to stand up to.
5: And we won't ignore what our intelligence agency have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We're not gonna ignore that either. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. It was nearly a year ago before her father's funeral when I spoke with Gianna Floyd, George Floyd's young daughter. She's a little tight, so I was kneeling down to talk to her so I could look her in the eye. She looked at me, she said, my daddy changed the world. Well, after the conviction of George Floyd's murderer, you can see how right she was if if we have the courage to act, in Congress. We've all seen the need of injustice on the neck of black Americans. Now's our opportunity to make some real progress. The vast majority of men and women wearing a uniform and a badge serve our communities and they serve them honorably. I know them. I know they want. I know we want to help meet this moment as well. My fellow Americans, we have to come together to rebuild trust between law enforcement and the people they serve, to root out systemic racism in our criminal justice system, and enact police reform in George Floyd's name that passed the House already. I know Republicans have their own ideas and are engaged in a very productive discussions with Democrats in the Senate. We need to work together to find a consensus. But let's get it done next month, by the first anniversary of George Floyd's death. Yesterday, in my view, one of the darkest days in the history of our nation an unprecedented assault on our democracy. An assault literally on the citadel of liberty in the United States Capitol itself. An assault on the rule of law. An assault on the most sacred of American undertakings. Ratifying the will of the people and choosing the leadership of their government. All of us here grieve the loss of life, grieve the desecration of the people's house. But what we witnessed yesterday was not dissent, it was not disorder, it was not protest. It was chaos. They weren't protesters. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic. It's that simple. And I wish we could say we couldn't see it coming. But that isn't true. We could see it coming. The past four years, we've had a president who's made his contempt for our democracy, our Constitution, the rule of law, clear in everything he has done. He unleashed an all-out assault on our institutions of our democracy from the outset. And yesterday was but the culmination of that unrelenting attack The Biden administration will release its latest plan meant to identify and curb the increasing threat of domestic terrorism. In the wake of the January 6th insurrection, Attorney General Merrick Garland will outline steps government officials and social media companies alike can take to fight white supremacy and prevent people from joining dangerous groups. Jeff Pegues is here now with a preview of this plan and the Attorney General's address. Jeff, good to see you. So the AG has put a focus on fighting domestic terrorism since he took the job. Uh, we know the FBI Director Christopher Wray has talked a lot about this. He's testified about uh, white supremacy um, in the United States.
7: So let's talk about the policy that the AG plans to lay out today. What are you hearing?
1: Well, there there is a lot of pressure on this administration to do something that other recent administrations really haven't done which is put this hyper-focus on domestic terrorism cases. As you know, there's been this focus on international terrorism, and all the while, you have this growing threat from domestic terrorist organizations here at home, and so what the Attorney General will seek to do is, essentially, this is a reset, not in foreign policy terms, but in domestic policy terms, and in law enforcement terms for how uh, law enforcement, whether it's federal law enforcement, local law enforcement can better coordinate to meet these domestic terrorism threats. And that is something that he will outline today in this speech. I think what's important to note here is what the board is doing, which is continuing what is important
4: disinformation-related work that began under the former administration. The fact sheet that they put out, what they noted yesterday, what they noted in there is that this is meant to uh, one. The first bullet was about protecting privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties, and the First Amendment. They said the primary mission is to establish best practices to, to to ensure that efforts to understand and respond to disinformation are done in ways that protect privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties. I'd also note that the first example they gave uh, about what they're going to do is uh, is support the Department of Homeland Security's work, ongoing work back to the former administration on to address how and under understand how misinformation spread by human smugglers that prey on vulnerable populations attempting to migrate to the United States.
2: Chief Justice Roberts, President Carter, President Clinton, President Bush, President Obama, fellow Americans, and people of the world, thank you. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Together, we will determine the course of America and the world for many, many years to come. We will face challenges. We will confront hardships. But we will get the job done. Every four years, we gather on these steps to carry out the orderly and peaceful transfer of power. And we are grateful to President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama for their gracious aid throughout this transition. They have been magnificent. Thank you. Today's ceremony, however, has very special meaning. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes, starting right here and right now, because this moment is your moment, it belongs to you. It belongs to everyone gathered here today and everyone watching all across America. This is your day, this is your celebration, and this the United States of America is your country. What truly matters is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. January 20th, 2017 will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. Everyone is listening to you now. You came by the tens of millions to become part of a historic movement the likes of which the world has never seen before. At the center of this movement is a crucial conviction that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Americans want great schools for their children, safe neighborhoods for their families, and good jobs for themselves. These are just and reasonable demands of righteous people and a righteous public. But for too many of our citizens, a different reality exists. Mothers and children trapped in poverty in our inner cities. Rusted out factories scattered like tombstones across the landscape of our nation. An education system flush with cash but which leaves our young and beautiful students deprived of all knowledge. And the crime, and the gangs, and the drugs that have stolen too many lives and robbed our country of so much unrealized potential. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. We are one nation, and their pain is our pain. Their dreams are our dreams, and their success will be our success. We share one heart, one home, and one glorious destiny. The oath of office I take today is an oath of allegiance to all Americans. For many decades, we've enriched foreign industry at the expense of American industry, subsidized the armies of other countries while allowing for the very sad depletion of our military. We've defended other nations' borders while refusing to defend our own. And spent trillions and trillions of dollars overseas while America's infrastructure has fallen into disrepair and decay. We've made other countries rich while the wealth, strength and confidence of our country has dissipated over the horizon. One by one, the factories shuttered and left our shores with not even A thought about the millions and millions of American workers that were left behind. The wealth of our middle class has been ripped from their homes and then redistributed all across the world. But that is the past, and now we are looking only to the future. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. America will start winning again, winning like never before. We will bring back our jobs. We will bring back our borders. We will bring back our wealth. And we will bring back our dreams. We will build new roads and highways and bridges and airports and tunnels and railways all across our wonderful nation. We will get our people off of welfare and back to work, rebuilding our country with American hands and American labor. We will follow two simple rules, buy American and hire American. We will seek friendship and goodwill with the nations of the world. But we do so with the understanding that it is the right of all nations to put their own interests first. We do not seek to impose our way of life on anyone, but rather to let it shine as an example. We will shine for everyone to follow. We will reinforce old alliances and form new ones and unite the civilized world against radical Islamic terrorism, which we will eradicate completely from the face of the Earth. At the bedrock of our politics, will be a total allegiance to the United States of America. And through our loyalty to our country, we will rediscover our loyalty to each other. When you open your heart to patriotism, there is no room for prejudice. The Bible tells us how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. We must speak our minds openly Debate our disagreements honestly, but always pursue solidarity. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. There should be no fear. We are protected and we will always be protected we will be protected by the great men and women of our military and law enforcement. And most importantly, we will be protected by God. Finally, we must think big and dream even bigger. In America, we understand that a nation is only living as long as it is striving. We will no longer accept politicians who are all talk and no action, constantly complaining, but never doing anything about it. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. We stand at the birth of a new millennium, ready to unlock the mysteries of space, to free the Earth from the miseries of disease, and to harness the energies, industries, and technologies of tomorrow. A new national pride will stir our souls, lift our sights, and heal our divisions. It's time to remember that old wisdom our soldiers will never forget, that whether we are black or brown or white, we all bleed the same red blood of patriots. We all enjoy the same glorious freedoms, and we all salute the same great American flag. And whether a child is born in the urban sprawl of Detroit or the windswept plains of Nebraska, they look up at the same night sky, they fill their heart with the same dreams, And they are infused with the breath of life by the same almighty Creator. So to all Americans, in every city near and far, small and large, from mountain to mountain, from ocean to ocean, hear these words, you will never be ignored again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. And your courage and goodness and love will forever guide us along the way. Together, we will make America strong again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again, and yes, Together, we will make America great again. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you.